Nothing can replace Jesus. Hallelujah. Now let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this word today. We ask your Holy Spirit to speak to each and every one of us. We thank you that you truly are the reason for the season, and we do need to make sure we keep you at the central focus of our Christmas season, Lord. Lord, we're here to celebrate you today and to rejoice in you sending your Son to each and every one of us so that we could be set free from our sin. But it all starts back there in that manger in Bethlehem with that little baby being born to fulfill the promise that God would send a young son, your son, and that he would come to deliver his people from their sins and set them free. And we thank you for fulfilling that promise in Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, if you've noticed uh, out back, you know, it was kind of funny. I found this video and and we're missing Jesus in the back too. So we are. (laughs) So out there and don't see him there. We're still looking for him. I believe he's going to show up tomorrow on the UPS truck uh, since we replaced him. <laughs> and he will be here tomorrow. Amen? So I uh, just want to encourage you that, hey, keep Christ's uh, central focus at this Christmas time as we uh, look to make sure that uh, we have Jesus at our central focus for Christmas. Now, we have been doing the series, Finding Joy in the Journey. And I want to today that as we look to find joy in a journey, that one of the ways that you do this is through the promises. And as we have looked at the promises throughout, you know, the last month or so, we have discovered many promises in Scripture which reveal why we should have joy in the journey. But there's a whole lot of promises that are associated and attached with the Christmas season. And so um, there's a couple of scriptures I want to highlight for you. First, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 4 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. There's there's a promise that is kind of highlighted here in 2 Peter 1 is that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. In other words, he has given us everything we need in life to live a life that is filled with joy, that is filled with him, that is filled with his presence, that enables us to overcome an evil world. And as we look around, we see evil all around us in the world that we live in. We, we see it through wars and famine and, and greed and persecution and racism and you, you on down the line there. But the, but the point that is trying to be made here is everything that we need to make it in this life, to be successful, to find joy in a journey, to be able to experience love, joy, and peace, and, and uh, goodwill toward men, all the things that are talked about at Christmas, we find in the promise of Jesus Christ. Amen? And that is why it says in Isaiah that uh, his name would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And you can look also in Isaiah, there's many uh, prophecies in Isaiah which speak of this child which would come, which would deliver the nation of Israel and all who believe Christians are tied into that as well. And it basically, you know, Isaiah said it in Isaiah chapter 7, 13 to 14. Then Isaiah said, hear now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of human beings? Now, things were kind of rough at this time in Isaiah's day. There was wars and persecutions. There was some tribes over the, trying to overthrow other tribes of Israel. There was invasions from outside forces. And, and Isaiah 
says the promise is, is that you are going to be delivered, you are going to be set free. There's a time coming where there will be an ultimate deliverance for all people. And then he says, uh, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign, the virgin. He will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. And by the way, Emmanuel means God with us. And Jesus is a fulfillment of that promise. We find it throughout Scripture. It's mentioned in Matthew. Uh, it's mentioned in Luke chapter 2. It's mentioned in Isaiah 9, 2 through 7 as well. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the greatness of his government, get, get this, of the greatness of his government, God's government, the kingdom of heaven, Peace, there will be no end. There will be peace. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. That's what's fulfilled in baby Jesus on Christmas Day thousands of years ago when he showed up. God fulfilled his promise that he would come and be with us. And I think we sometimes take that lightly in our world today. We sometimes take it for granted how important it is for us to be reminded that Jesus' birth, why we celebrate Christmas, why the world celebrates Christmas, why we're here in this service today, actually why you exchange presents, also why we have Christmas trees, because he was crucified on a tree, why we have wreaths, which are symbols of of God's everlasting love, why we have candy canes, which are a symbol of Jesus himself. If you ever turn them upside down, what do they have? They're a J. And then there's the white and the red that are in the candy canes, which symbolize his blood, which makes us as white as snow, if you go back and look at the origination of why candy canes were first made. I mean, you can go all through the reasons for the season to find Jesus. But I think the greatest promise that we have in Scripture is that God literally said back in the Old Testament that he would come and literally walk among us and dwell among us. And that's literally what happened to Adam and Eve back in the Garden of Eden. Remember them? But when they sinned and they fell into sin, they were banished from the garden, banished from the presence of God. But yet when Jesus comes and is born, the Lord said, hey, I'm coming to dwell back with you like I did with Adam and Eve. You know, God's presence is here this morning. It says, where two or more are gathered in his presence, he is there. So literally, his presence is here, and I hope you felt him this morning. I hope you experienced him this morning. And, and so I want to just challenge you to think about, you know, when Jesus came, he is a fulfillment of one of the greatest promises of all time that he would be with us. 
Matthew 1.23 was the reference to the scripture I was giving you. It says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. There it is again, repeated in Matthew, repeated in Luke, repeated in many places also, not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament as well. And we need to be reminded that when we saw Jesus, when we see Jesus, when we see him laying in the manger, if you find him, amen, and you see him laying in a manger, maybe a statue, maybe a movie, maybe the nativity movie that maybe you're going to watch this Christmas season, or maybe it's when we sing the Christmas carols, we need to experience Jesus too, and understand that he is here, and that's the reason we need to rejoice and we need to be happy, as our text said. We need to rejoice and be happy because God is with us. John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Can I say this? It is amazing to me how thousands of years later, the world still continues to try and get rid of Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Harold tried to wipe him out. Uh, that's why he sent the people from, you know, to go wipe out all the baby boys in Bethlehem, a horrible atrocity. But we still see it. I, I mean, you even see it where people won't say Merry Christmas because they say it's offensive. What's offensive about saying Merry Christmas? Right? But we live in a society that wants to eliminate Jesus from the equation of Christmas. But Christmas is about his birthday. It is about God fulfilling his promise and promising to be with us. And if you continue to read on in John 1, 18, it says, No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son. So even Jesus himself said, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. See, it's in Jesus that we get the promise fulfilled that God is with us. And I don't know about you, but we live in a special time, in a privileged time of this year that we're in. Because since Jesus came, we now have God with us again, similar to what he was like us in the Garden of Eden. And for the whole Old Testament period, there's a whole other way that you connected with God, and you would have to offer up a sacrifice and do a little Levitical priesthood type stuff, and a priest would intercede for your sins. But when Jesus came, it's literally that God is with us and can be with us every day of our lives through what Jesus gave us. And so I want to just draw you back to the originality of what Christmas is all about and being reminded literally that God is with us. So God is with us. And if you can flip that slide for me, God is with us. You know, it's this idea that his Holy Spirit is with us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. He doesn't abandon us. And as a matter of fact, uh, Jesus even said at one point, I am not going to leave you as and, you know, I really want you to grab a hold of that today and be reminded that one of the biggest promises of Christmas is God promises to be with us every day of our life. If we open up our hearts, if we obey his teachings and obey his word, if we are connected with him, if we keep him first and foremost in front of us, if we understand that as the Old Testament promised it would happen, it happened once again, God always fulfills his promises. He never reneges on his promises. He doesn't make a promise he never intends to keep. He will always keep it, will always 
there with you and for you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And I think just that right there should make us sing joy to the world. Or hark the herald angels sing, amen? Well, God is with us, that song the kids did. Or, uh, you know, some of the other Christmas songs that are there. See, the name is a fulfillment of a promise of God. One pastor worded it this way. He says, the name Emmanuel appears twice in the Hebrew Scriptures and in the New Testament. Emmanuel and all the names and titles of Jesus is literally true. If you can get me another mic, that would be awesome. <laughs> Striving me crazy all the time. So, thank you. Testing, testing. Am I on now? All right. Now you don't have to hear me go, uh, uh, uh. right? Amen? All right. So the problem I see today, though, and this is kind of where I want to challenge us today in our modern-day world, thousands of years after Christmas, what I want to challenge you is Christ still center at your Christmas. Do you, do you see him? Do you realize what you're celebrating? It, you know, we have the busyness of Christmas. We have the parties at Christmas. We have all the families getting together at Christmas. We have all the decorations. I, I mean, just go to the mall and look at all the people at the mall. Or nowadays, you can kind of watch all the Amazon trucks go by, right? <laughs> and see him deliver all the presents onto the front. You know, but is Jesus the focal point of your Christmas season? Have you honored him? Have you maybe sang him happy birthday? Have you done a birthday cake for him? Have you reminded the kids that really the reason they get gifts is because it's a celebration of the greatest gift of all time, Jesus? See, we, we have to be the ones that keep Christ center at this time. And, and you, know, you know, this one pastor kind of worded it this way. He says, we kind of get things kind of dyslexic today, and we kind of think of God as us with God. And he says, in his wording in the message that I kind of read this week, is he says, our problem is, is if we mess up the name of Emmanuel, God with us, and we decide to do us with God, you've kind of flipped the whole meaning of what it means that God should be leading us, not us leading God. And, and he says, if you look at us with God, it's like, okay, God, come along with me today. Be a part of my life. You know, here, I'd like you to do this for me. And, and we chug out all of our prayer lists of all the things we want God to do for us, but we never really say to God, hey, this is what we want to do for you. Or we never really listen to what God says, hey, I want you to go down here, minister to these people, or go over there and bless that person, or go to the wall up front and grab a couple ornaments and fulfill them. We always want God to kind of align with our lives, but do we align our lives with God? I mean, because the promise of Scripture was a fulfillment of what God said, look, I want to come and I want to be with you every day. I want to be by your side. I want to encourage you. I want to build you up. I want to lift you up. I want to do miracles for you. I want you to be dependent on me. I want you to have coffee with me. I want you to talk with, with me. I want you to abide with me. It's like even when God came into the garden, he said to Adam, where are you? Because they were hiding from God. I still think a lot of people are hiding from God, amen? And so God doesn't want us to hide from us. He wants us to interact with him on a daily basis, and that's why he is with us. He goes on to say also, you know, uh, the Apostle Paul worded it this way in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, 
who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. I sometimes think in our society today we exploit our relationship with God to our benefit, not so much for the benefit of the kingdom. And then he goes on to say here, uh, he goes on to say, uh, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And that's what Christmas is all about, that Jesus was born as a promise of God being with us so that Jesus could go to the cross and die for us, which would reestablish this relationship of God being in us and with us every single day. You didn't have to be a priest. All you needed was to cry out to the Lord today, and that's all you have to do. And that's why I say we live in a privileged time that I think we take for granted. The Old Testament time doesn't have what we have today in Jesus coming, dying on the cross, and then giving us another great promise, which Jesus gave to you and I, which I sometimes, many people don't think it's tied into Christmas, but it's directly linked to Christmas. And let's look at the next one. So the first promise, God is with us. Christmas comes. Jesus is born. He's in Bethlehem. The angels appear to the shepherds and sing to them and talk about this great sight. God lays it upon these wise men to come seek Jesus out. By the way, it takes about two years for them to get there. So when they do actually find Jesus, he's about two years old if you look at Scripture. But God set this whole thing in motion for the second thing that Jesus would bring us, for the second great promise that Jesus promises us, who is God in the flesh. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen God the Father. And he promises something that's even far greater than not only will God be with us, but there's a next thing. He takes it to the next level and says, God will be what? In you. I think we take that for granted today, too. I think we literally take it for granted that God can literally dwell inside of us. See, God sent Jesus to be with us and also to pave the way for God to be in us. And, and that's why when Jesus said to Philip, you know, because Philip's like, hey, Lord, can you show us the Father? And Jesus said to him, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Look at me. If you see me, you've seen the Father. So what I promise you is the same as if God the Father promises you, because we're one and the same. I was with God in the beginning, and I'm, I'm still with God now. And yeah, I may be on this world, but God is with you right now. But there's so much more to so many more promises that are put into play as soon as Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Not only is God with us, but then Jesus comes along and says, God will be in you. He'll live inside of you. And that's the second big promise, I think, of Christmas. And Jesus talks about that in John chapter 14. If you can turn here with me to verse 15, he says this. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And then he goes, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And then verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me, because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you, and whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. 
Then he goes on to say here, he says, and anyone who loves me will obey my teachings in verse 23. My father will love them and he will come to them and we will make our home with them. So get this, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I'm coming back to you. If you love me, you will be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And he goes on and says a few more things. But the promise there is, not only is God with us, not only does God walk with you and kind of can be with you just like a good friend is with you every day, or someone you do life with every day, or, you know, there's the other idea that he will come and live inside of you if you allow him to. Now, for some people, that's a little bit too far for God. I don't want God living inside of me because if he's living inside of me, it says, as Jesus says there, he's going to direct you, lead you, talk to you, guide you, say, hey, don't go down that path. Hey, don't look at that on that screen. Hey, don't look at that woman that way, da 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 but it is another level of connection with God as, you know, one of our themes here at Christian Hills is connect with God and connect with others. And if you really want to connect with God, there's another promise that comes with that baby in the manger on Christmas morning. It's God is in us if we choose to allow him to come in us. Are you ready for another gift? Have you accepted that gift? Have you accepted this amazing gift of God living inside of you? Because when he's inside of you, it changes everything. When he's inside of you, you truly do have that peace. You truly do have the ability to be able to work through and persevere and find joy in the journey of life. It is also the ability to work through hardship, hard times. It's also the ability to press through in an evil world that is filled with evil. It's also the ability to, to see the, the light at the end of the rainbow, to be able to see that out in the future, God has even more promises for you. And that's heaven and all the th stuff that goes with that. See, the promise of the Holy Spirit, it came from the promise of the child born of a virgin, Jesus, Emmanuel. So Christmas brings us the promise of Jesus, and Jesus brings us the promise of the Holy Spirit to live in us, not just beside us, but in us. I, I just want to say this again. Do you understand the enormity of that promise from Jesus to you and I, about the Holy Spirit. I, I kind of did this little illustration, and if you're interested, uh, back on the table with the other sign-up sheets and stuff, there's, it's called a letter for you made of Bible verses about the Holy Spirit. Another way I could have worded this is the promises made to you from Scripture about the Holy Spirit. And so I want to read you some excerpts from this letter, and you can pick one up after service if you so desire. But listen to what it says there. And these are all taken from Scripture, and I've kind of compiled it into a letter, which is kind of trying to make it personal, which is trying to let you know that this is one of the great gifts, if you haven't already experienced this, that you can experience. Jesus was conceived by my Holy Spirit, and by the Spirit you were made. He is everywhere. There are no places kept secret from him, for he created the world. My Holy Spirit shows you and convicts you of wrongdoings and works through your will to enable you to turn to me so that my desires may become yours. I saved you, not by anything good that you have done, but out of my mercy. You are saved by your rebirth and your renewal performed by my spirit within you. 
Some tried to dissuade my son from carrying out his work. But the truth is that it is better for everyone that he went away because when he left, he sent a counselor to come to you. Jesus was baptized with water, but he himself baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. By the one Spirit, all my children are born into my family, and the same Spirit is given to all to drink. For there is but one Lord, one faith, one baptism for salvation. Your counselor is the very Spirit of truth that goes out for me. Through him, the Scriptures were written. My Son has sent him to you as a gift for me. I promised you the Spirit, and my Son has poured him out on you. When you turn to me, my child, I sent the very Spirit of my Son into your heart. He will tell you all about me, for he is a spirit of wisdom and understanding. He will reveal me so that you may know me better. I give without limit, and the words of the Spirit says are my own. My child, will, he will clothe you with my power, with robes of righteousness. By him you are reborn. So receive the spirit of my son and receive his fire. I give the same spirit of my spirit to all who believe. And in the one spirit, there are many gifts of the Holy Spirit, which you are to be used by you. Many gifts that you can open and use on a daily basis. Know that I live in you through my spirit, who I have freely given to you. My spirit is in you, sets you free from the sinful nature. He brings you freedom, for you are led by my spirit and are no longer under my law. You have my spirit within you, given as a deposit guaranteeing that you are mine. My spirit testifies with your own spirit in perfect agreement. We know that you are my child, and the world knows you are my child. The Holy Spirit speaks only what he hears, and he knows my very thoughts. He will share those thoughts with you. He will tell you what has yet to happen. He will bring glory to my son by revealing to you what is his, for all that belongs to me is his. You are very special, for do you not know that you are my sacred de dwelling place, my holy temple in which I dwell? It is I, your God, who lives inside of you. You're not your own. My son's own temple was destroyed, but he raised it again in three days. My spirit raised Christ from the dead, and it is my same spirit that now lives in you. And just getting to that point, by the way, and I wrote more in this letter from God to you, because that's how I kind of worded it. So it's a letter from God to you, taken directly from Scripture, taken direct quotes. And right there, I just shared with you 43 verses kind of put together that are all about the promise of the Holy Spirit for you from God, through Jesus. Now, by the way, in the whole letter, there are 92 verses I compiled all together to give you the entire complete picture of this letter that God is giving to you to give you the promise of this other great promise of not only being with us, but also being in us. And it's all connected to allowing the Holy Spirit to come reside and dwell inside of us. So grab the letter. If you want more about that, please read through it. At the end of the letter, you see I quoted all the verses for you. They're all quoted in order from the way they're used all the way up to 92 verses total. So another great promise of Scripture, God in us, the Holy Spirit, connected to the promise of Christmas through the birth of this Savior, through the birth of Jesus in that manger. Now I want to talk about my third point. My third point, or the third promise I want to highlight to you, 
is not only is God with us, is God in us, but isn't it great to know that God is for us? I mean, maybe that should get you to start singing some more Christmas carols, right? That not only is God with us and God is in us, but the third promise or big promise I think we can grab out of Christmas is God is for us. He's not against us. Can everybody say amen to that? See, we live in a world that tries to paint God is being against all this stuff, and he's against people. You know, I will say very clearly, God is against sin, all right? He is. That's his nature. His nature is righteousness, right being. His nature is holiness. He does not do or have anything to do with sin. So, yes, in in a realm, God is against sin, but he sent Jesus Christ to take care of the sin problem for anybody who believes. Amen? And as a result of Jesus and as a result of him, we get the great promise that he'll never leave us, forsake us. He'll never let anything defeat us or overcome us or, or take away. You know, the reality is, is I don't believe anybody can take away your joy but yourself. If you've got the Holy Spirit in you and you've got the, you've got the, the Lord, the God, the Holy Spirit with you, the only one that can steal your joy is if you allow your joy to be stolen by the enemy. And yes, the enemy will try to steal your joy. You know, he tries to steal my joy, I think, at least two to three times a week. By something happens or something goes down or there's this scenario, that's there. There's, he's always trying to steal your joy. But if I know God is for me, he's not against me, I can always rejoice in that promise. But I have to believe that promise, amen? I have to stand on that promise. See, this promise needs to be repeated over and over today that God is for us. Can you say it with me? God is for us. That is a promise of Christmas, a promise of that baby in the manger. And and this is why Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He fulfilled the promise of God that God would be with us. And then Jesus is fulfilling the promise through the Holy Spirit that God would be in us. But then the next thing that comes with God is with us and God is in us is that God is for us. You see, we need to understand that because that helps us overcome all the craziness of Christmas. Can I hear an amen to that? I, I mean, I walked into two stores this week, and I was getting stocking stuffers. And so I hit a couple different stores. I won't say what they are. So I walk into the first store, and this is the Christmas cheer I'm greeted with. This girl's arguing. They're both cashiers at this place. One's calling the other one and, and a very nasty name that I'm not even going to say. Then the other one starts using the F word back at her. And I'm walking into the store going, Really? <laughs> you mean really? We have a fight going on between two cashiers in the front of the stores. I'm coming in to buy. I'm all excited to get the stuff, the stuff, the stockings, you know. And I'm like, well, Merry Christmas to you two ladies too, you know. Like, what is going on? So I thought, oh, it was an anomaly. So I go to the next store because this store didn't have all the things I needed to get for the stocking. So I go to the next store and I walk into that store. And I have four guys that are stocking shelves, and let's just say that they're talking about everything inappropriate that you could imagine that maybe you would see in an X-rated movie. And that's what they're discussing as I'm getting stuff to stuff to stockings. And I, I just stood there in that store, and I thought to myself, this is definitely not a Merry Christmas attitude going on. 
And, and, and we see the frustration of the busyness that started all the way from, you know, Black Friday of rushing to buy presents and frustration of maybe people who don't have good cheer and aren't nice to these individuals. I don't know. And, and, and there's all this stuff going on, and we live in a country that is filled with dissension and division, and, and maybe people aren't feeling the spirit of Christmas. But can I tell you, the spirit of Christmas is still here. If you open up your heart to it, because even though these people definitely weren't experiencing that in those moments when I was there, I'm still thinking to myself, I thank the Lord for the promises of Christmas. God is with us, God is in us, and God is for us. And despite what happens around you, we can still have joy. In spite of what happens around you, you can still have a Merry Christmas. In spite of what happens around you, you can still trust God. You don't have to be in fear. All this comes with the promise of the Holy Spirit. And I like what it says in Romans. Great scripture in Romans I want to read for you that should give you a, a cheer here this Christmas. If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen? Nobody. If God, the creator of the universe, the one who set everything in motion, the one who created me and created me with my identity, that's I'm a child of God, I'm made in the image of God, and secondly, that I do have a destiny and a purpose for my life specifically, and thirdly, he created me to be in relationship with him. Who can stand against me? Because he's the God that rose Jesus from the, the dead. The same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of me. The same Holy Spirit and the same empowerment to Jesus when he calmed the storms and cast out the demons and healed the people lives inside of me. What do I need to be afraid of? Why let the devil steal my joy? Why let the craziness of Christmas steal away the merriment of Christmas? The joy of Christmas. See, Romans says, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of the God, and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, said the apostle here, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So let me say it again. If God is for us, who can be against us? third great promise that I think is connected with the baby in the manger with Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. And God is with us if you allow him to be. Secondly, God in us to direct us, lead us, give us wisdom and understanding what to do, what not to do, caution us when we're going down the wrong path, convict us, not go that way again, to show us and reveal himself to us. 
all part of the Christmas package here. But then the next thing is, is that God is going to be for us no matter what. And you know why God is for us? He sent this baby to be born in a manger for you and I. And I think we need to be reminded of that. I think we need to be encouraged in that fact. And so we have our team's going to come on up, and they have another little uh, living illustration for you this morning, which I really do pray ministers to you as they're getting set up here. But, you know, just a couple more thoughts as they're getting ready here. I really would like everyone to walk out of here this Christmas after they listen to this message and be aware of the three things, that God is with us, God is in us, and God is for us. And that, that's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we say Merry Christmas, by the way. I don't say Merry Christmas to someone to condemn them. I say Merry Christmas to someone so they can be blessed by the meaning that's behind it. Amen? It's about Christ and Christmas. It's about Christ and what he did for us. It's about Christ being the fulfillment of the promise from God the Father for you and for I. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were brought at a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body. See, God is for you. He's on your side. He's so for you. He wants to live inside of you. He wants to be there for you. He wants to interact with you. He wants to connect with you. He wants to love on you daily. He wants to encourage you in those moments where it's kind of tough. He wants to lift you out of a pit of depression. He wants to deliver you from drugs or alcohol or anything that you're in bondage to. All of that goes with this Christmas promise of all these many promises and gifts that come with it. And I don't know about you, but they're pretty great gifts. Nobody can give me those gifts but Jesus. Nobody. Nobody can promise to help me be set free from things that I'm an addiction to. Nobody can come into my life and give me joy like Jesus and the Holy Spirit can give me the joy. No one can help me get through a difficult situation where I lose a loved one, but know that one day I get to meet them in heaven again. Only thing that comes, all these great gifts, and nobody can touch these gifts. No man, no money, nothing can touch the gifts that Jesus can give you through the promise of his scripture. Amen? Well, let's look at this now as we're going to get ready to go to our thing.
The great enemy of writing isn't by other people.
Amen. Well, let's stand as we're going to close in prayer today. Just being reminded. Didn't they do a good job? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you for your promises and the promises of Scripture and the promises that came with you being born in that manger. The promise that you promised to be with us, that you promised to be in us, and that you promised that there's nothing that can stand against us or come against us. Lord, I thank you that you are for us, Lord. So, Lord, help us to celebrate Christmas, to be reminded of all the great promises that you brought to each and every one of us. Thank you for the great promise of the Holy Spirit living inside of us to lead and guide us into what is truth, to deliver us out of darkness, and to help us to overcome the evil that is in this world. And so, Lord, be with each one. Let the Christmas cheer go with them. Let them find joy in the journey at this Christmas season in spite of all the hustle and bustle and everything that seems to come with this time. And, Lord, we just give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. And everybody said amen. Well, God bless you. Have a Merry Christmas. Don't forget, Christmas Eve night at 5 p.m. We'll do our candlelight service. If you need prayer, please feel free to come on down front. We'll be down here to pray for you. God bless. Christmas season.